Craft Beer Radio, episode 319, on January 31st, 2015. And welcome to Craft Beer Radio, where can you hear this boiling concoction? <laughs> Playing with carbon dioxide. Welcome to Craft Beer Radio. I'm Greg Weiss. I'm Jeff Bear. This week we're doing Imperial Stouts for the beginning of February. We are. That intro song was uh, I Want You Back from the Jackson 5, but performed by Graham Parker. Uh, number one song in 1970 this week. The Jackson 5 version. So let's start with the lightweight one. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> let's go with um, the local. Let's go with the Weyerbacher first. Okay, sounds good. So uh, was this this was yes. provided by the brewery Old Heathen Imperial Stout. Uh, this uh, I'm almost I'm pretty much hundred percent positive we've had this on the show before. Eight percent alcohol by volume, tw- uh, twenty three IBUs. Hops that are used are Perlay, the B version. And Fuggles. And, um, yeah, that's it. 8%. As I said. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, this was sent by Wirebocker. <clears throat> this is a uh, Best Buy December 30th, so it's a little, about a month old. So they use seven types of malt, but they don't tell us what types of malt, what seven of those are. About a month old, but being an Imperial Stout, it should have some Yes. Lines. I was it kind of caught my by surprise last week when we did the inventory when we when I noticed this one only had a Best Buy. Uh, it was bottled on April thirtieth, and it's Best Buy December thirtieth. So we give it eight months. These darker beers they can last longer because uh, first of all the higher alcohol beers in general can last longer, mm-hmm. but they're not as dependent. We'll see. They they tend not to be as dependent on the hops, and hops are things that can fade a lot and. If they get age on them in, uh, like, oxidation, sometimes oxidation can actually help beers. And I don't want to go overboard, but sometimes they can help beers like this. Okay, so we're at 51 degrees right now. <laughs> My water is only 57. <laughs> if you want to know why we're messing around with dry eyes, you should tune into the pre-show. Greg built a cloud chamber. Yes, I did. Well, we did. We did. So, on the aroma. Obviously, the color is dark. Just black. Yeah. You get some really deep roasty and, like, deep to the point of raisins or soy sauce or something like that. Where it's really deep and roasty. It's not cocoa so much in the aroma. It's not malty. It's really down the dark and... um, Deep roasty path. A little bit sort of a deep molasses is one way to look mm-hmm. at it, and licorice as well. Okay. I don't think they use brewer's licorice. It's not like Expedition from Bell's, but mm-hmm. there are notes that are very similar. Yeah, I mean, that's the main aroma. You're not getting too much, by the way, of hops on this. It doesn't smell boozy. Well, you know, fuggles are not exactly overbearing, generally, mm-hmm. and perlite oh, also. Yep. So flavor, you get 
some more of that rich the molasses comes through kind of a porridge like taste it it, it kind of tastes yeah. like a um like a brown sugar oatmeal okay. type flavor right No, put my hands around this glass, try to warm it up a little bit more, cook some more flavor out of it. Um, <coughs> you do get a little kind of a little bit of astringency, almost like a coffee like aftertaste mm-hmm. on this. This is the old heathen from Weyerbacher. Hmm. Quiet, 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 quiet. I'm trying to, to pick out the little pieces. Mm-hmm. Because there's definitely some, some chocolate notes. But there's a lot of... Hmm. I think the chocolate notes actually borders on kind of like Oreo, the chocolate part of the Oreo. Actually, that's a pretty... You know, that's a... Not very cocoa-y cookie, right? right. It's, it's pretty bitter, and it's that dark roast. I mean, that's a really good uh, thing to compare this beer to, right? The the Oreo biscuit, right? The cracker part of it. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good call, and it sums up what we've been trying to describe pretty succinctly. The the hops, like I said, they're not really super present in terms of, you know, flavor. They're there for bittering for the most part. A little, a little, I guess, flowery is, is the closest I can come to some sort of description of them. Mm-hmm. It's not boozy in the flavor. It's pretty reminiscent of if you have some more traditional English imperial stouts. You know, this is kind of what you would think of. A nice, um, you know, a nice example of a of a good stout. Like Jeff said, I think that it'd almost be better if it were around sixty degrees as opposed to fifty. I mean, I feel like, yeah. I, I <coughs> excuse some, me, I'm sorry. I have a little bit of a cough today. I put some more heat into it, and uh, yeah, it doesn't feel like the cold's closing off much mm-hmm. of the flavor anymore. Too bad, you know, we have so many Imperial... Well, I shouldn't say too bad. It's a nice problem having too many Imperial styles. But we also have the Heresy, which is the barrel-aged version of this. We're not going to be able to get to that tonight with no. the other beers we want to get on the show. Sometime. Sometime, sometime, sometime. Mm-hmm. Okay. I want to try this one next, the Bonafide. Okay. So that was the Old Heathen from Weyerbacher. They're here in Pennsylvania. Next one is a beer that uh, Jeff bought at House of Thousand Beers. This is the Bonafide Imperial Stout from Four, Hand, from Four Hands Brewery, yes. Yeah, Four Hands is in St. Louis, Missouri. And I, this is probably the first beer we've ever had from them. I think so. It's a collaborative effort between them and Goshen Coffee. And <clears throat> 9% alcohol by volume, 65 IBUs. There's not a lot of explanation on their site as to what's in this, other than probably Goshen Coffee, is my guess. 
They say it pairs well with cigars and dark chocolate. The label says vanilla beans as well. Coffee and vanilla beans. Let's see them. Yes, I can smell those. This would have gone nice with the ones we did last week. I thought this was more of a straight up Imperial Stout when I pulled it out of the fridge. Mm. Yeah, the vanilla really comes through uh, loudly. It's very much proclaiming that it's there. Coffee comes... I mean, I'm not really smelling the vanilla. What I smelled my first sniff was not vanilla or coffee, but it smelled like a very boastful... American boozy imperial stout and then the second sniff I got coffee I still haven't smelled much vanilla yet 9% four hands bona fide four hands brewing which only has two hands on the label so I can see the four hands are there in in spirit (laughs) well okay you know what two hands but wings and wings are modified there you go Arms and or hands if they're bats, so but it's feathers, so it's arms. You know, I am smelling some of the vanilla, but it doesn't really smell like it's not like the victory at sea that we had last week, or it smells like vanilla bean. If anything, it makes the coffee seem a little bit more cappuccino or something like that, right? I just took a taste. And not quite sure what that flavor was. The the coffee and the vanilla actually came across a bit peppery, right? Now I'm noticing how much I say right after that conversation <laughs> we had with the our vocal ticks last week. You're fine. Um, <laughs> I'll have to put another sign up on the wall. There's a <laughs> sign across on the wall behind Greg that says "Talk slowly," and uh, that's been there for eight years now and I don't really need that as a guide but I should say don't say it right right that's right there's a there's a fruitiness here that I'm trying to pull out I'm trying to figure out because it's all coming together and making a, a different flavor than I would have expected I don't get this roastiness I don't get coffee I get this green pepper Something like that, right? Something something pepper-like. Mm-hmm. And this last sip was more like the flesh of a green pepper, right? That that kind of fruit flavor is what I'm tasting. Mm-hmm. Maybe with a little bit of blueberry mixed in. Right, there's, there's charring on the side. There's... <laughs> but, you know... It's, it's these bell peppers. It's... Mm-hmm. It's very interesting. I wonder if that's what they had in mind. Yeah, don't know. Looking to see. This beer was bottled, uh, looks like it was bottled a year ago. One sixteen fourteen. 16, mm-hmm. the label has here. Uh, they, don't, they don't mention what hops were in there, but I'm... Here's my expectation. Here's my thinking on this. I don't know what... This is not... This is just a pure conjecture, but... If it was a year ago, maybe the hops that were in there, maybe it was a stronger, more aggressively hopped beer. And these hops have faded to the point where they've turned into these 
bell pepper like flavors as opposed to you know a, a deeper pininess or resininess could be could also be imagine coffee and roast and a bit of oxidation mm-hmm. all coming together to taste like a bell pepper mm-hmm. that could do it too I mean, that's probably the way I'm leaning. I think there's a little bit of oxidation on here. I think that that's the way it's yes. combining with the roasted malt. I think you're right. I, th- I think your your conjecture has more <laughs> is better than mine. Right. Yeah. So it's not like wet cardboard type oxidized, right? right? When oxidation combines with a imperial stout, you know that can turn into a nice flavor. You get some cherries, you get some chocolate covered cherries, things like that. This it one just rose. leans towards bell pepper a little bit. <laughs> and like I say, it's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's 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 rather interesting. As a matter of fact, it's mm-hmm. it's pretty unique. Uh, it's not what you're expecting when you say imperial stout, particularly yeah. imperial stout with coffee and vanilla. And <laughs> now that I'm kind of climatized to the amount of coffee in here, when I smell it, I smell a bit of a soy sauce type of note on the aroma too. Mm-hmm. They do say here though, drink now or cellar for up to five years. So they want you to age right. this. So this one spent most of its life. Traveling from Philly, sitting on the shelf at a house of a thousand beers, so not really cellared, right? So right. It's going to have some accelerated aging from where we got it. Yeah, I'd like to try this fresh. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure I'd want to try it five years out. Handled least, properly. Yeah, maybe handled properly. Um Again, we only have a sample size of one, right? So we can kind of imagine what might have happened to it, but mm-hmm. until we get a, you know, until you try it fresh and try it, you know, and know where it's been its entire life, it's, it's hard to tell. It's perfectly drinkable. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with it. Nothing that makes us want to pour it out or anything, right? It's lacking that deliciousness, though, right? Yeah, it's lacking that. Real the 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 warm hug of an imperial stout. All right, so this one's crazy barrel aged. I know Mephistopheles is a big boy of a stout, so I think we should probably do the Dragon's Milk next. All right, New Holland sent us Dragon's Milk. It is a bourbon barrel stout, eleven percent alcohol by volume. I also believe we've had this one on the show before. Fifty-one IBUs, <clears throat> hot with glacier and nugget. Grains that are used are two-row Munich caramel, crystal, black, chocolate, malt, and flaked barley. They use an American ale yeast. I love New Holland's site. They're very open. Weird first aroma. It was kind of like lavender. What is that? It smells carbonic to me, actually. There's... Okay, additional ingredients. Michigan beet sugar. And it's aged 90 days on oak bourbon barrels. Okay. The beet sugar is just really to increase gravity. It really shouldn't. Right. It might thin it out a little bit, but it's not going to provide... 
Hmm. But they so make something like a little stinky on here. I'm trying to figure out what it is. They make a note that it's Michigan beet sugar as opposed to. Well, they're 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 one of those fiercely yeah. local breweries, yeah. right? So they're in Holland, Michigan, and you know they have they, a couple of their beers are tied to the local scene. So I'm not surprised that they point out local ingredients. There might be a little... Unless Michigan beets are distinct in some way, which I'm not familiar. Might be a little uh, Band-Aid or acetone on that. Yeah, I think there's something weird in there. Yeah. Actually, mine's is worse than yours. Hmm. It's... I'm not sure. Sometimes it's hard to tell because oakiness can get into the similar mm-hmm. aroma. So sometimes you just have to taste I think, it. I think it's actually some of that, what I was smelling initially. Either I've gotten numb to it or it's it's volatilized off. No, it's back. There's something a little <laughs> bit, a little bit sulfury there. Maybe a touch of sewer drain or something like that. I don't know, I'm having a harder time smelling it. If you want to try I've, to... No, we can blend, I guess. Yeah. Um, I think it's definitely more potent in my glass than in yours. So let's share the burden. There you go. Thank you. Now there's a big head on here, and it's I'm smelling a bunch of dirty, dirty mop or something like that. Yeah, damp sock. <laughs> Yeah, there's something wrong there. I'm not tasting anything too bad. You're not? Barrel. No, no. I think it, I'm getting some cocoa. I'm getting some barrel. I'm not tasting the dirty mop. I don't know if I'm tasting dirty mop or not. You don't love bur- bur- barrel aged stuff, though, right? Not a huge <clears throat> bourbon guy. Yeah. Right. So I mean, okay, let me talk about. It. I got to stop sniffing though, because yeah, when I smell it, I smell dirty mop. But when I taste it, I'm not really getting. Okay, I'm starting. I'm starting to acclimate, my, acclimate myself to it. It's it's sweeter than the other ones for sure. Mm-hmm. Considerably sweeter. Kind of comes across a bit like uh, you know what I'm thinking of. You know those uh, those what are those those cow caramel things that have the cream inside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was thinking of that. I was thinking more of like a not a cherry cordial, but you know some kind of chocolate with some simple syrups inside or something like that. You can get that kind of characteristic on this. And then the barrel kind of pr- provides a notes of cherry, a uh, bit of a booziness too. Eleven percent. It's mm-hmm. uh, this one says ten. Their PDF says ten. Their website says eleven. What does the beer say? Actually, I probably have some collateral here too. Probably the same stuff you have on their website. This is a vintage twenty fourteen. Eleven percent alcohol by volume. On and a QR code so you can send them Bitcoin or whatever. <laughs> Barrel. 
Yeah, I think the tab- the flavor is is not uh, not gross or anything. It's weird. The aroma is off. Starting to taste a little bit of booziness on it. You know, it's getting a little bit. Alcohol. I could t- I I could taste the the booziness right away. It it's not. Uh, I mean, it's got that warming quality. So there's that. Mm-hmm. It's got, got that going for it. Yeah, I just I wish it. Yeah, I'm not as huge into the bourbon stuff, and I I kind of don't want don't put your bourbon in my beer <laughs> in some sense. <laughs> Right. right. We're gonna move on to the next one. That was New Holland's Dragon's Milk. Yeah, let's do Mephistopheles. Okay. Avery sent us Mephistopheles. All right, Avery. I, th- I also think we've had this on the show. I think we did. I think the lot, but I think it was like it was sent in by somebody. Uh, maybe there was that one that I like. Had sticker shock buying at Bocktown, right? Where I paid like twenty one dollars for a twelve ounce <laughs> bottle of this stuff because it was like double wholesaled. Uh, hopped with Magnum and Sterling malts. They used two row barley, black roasted barley, special B, and aromatic sugars. Turbinado. Alcohol by volume. Between 15 and 17%. This one is 17.1%. Technically not between. No. 17%. Yikes. This is an annual release. Uh, it's batch number 10 from November 2014. 80 IBUs. On the aroma, it smells hoppy. That's the first thing I'm getting is hoppy. I smell boozy too. But it's eighteen uh, percent. It smells it almost, similar to Worldwide Stout. Hmm. See, I'm not getting too much of the booziness. I'm getting the like. It smells kind of like a black IPA type. Smell. Really? Let's let's trade it. See if, if we're getting different aromas. A little mm. bit. A little bit. Yeah, maybe mine's a little bit hoppier. They say it's sellable for 10 plus years. I that could, makes sense. I could imagine, yeah. I yeah. mean, especially... No, I, I'm i a fan of less hoppy Imperial Stouts, right. right? So, you know, if I had a seller for some Mephistopheles, yeah, I'd put this one away. I mean, I'm going just from the aroma so far. But I'm like, oh, it's hoppy, you know? Where, you know, give it three or four years and then it'll be like, oh, yum. But but the flavor might, you know, turn me off or, or turn me around is what I should say. Goes without saying, I'm sure that all these are very, very dark. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's a little cold. I just took a sip. Um, Greg hit it with the gun and it's at 56 degrees. I think that's a little cold for this big boy of a beer. Um, it definitely has... I'm going to take another sip. I forgot what I was going to do. Wow, that's... That is a lot of... A lot of... There's a lot going on out there. Yes, a lot of a lot. Yeah. Hmm. Get get some cocoa, get some roast. It goes a little bit... um, 
you get burning, you get a lot of like a syrupy molasses because yeah, big it, molasses or that turbinado sugar comes through with a mm-hmm. nice like sweetness, molasses sweetness. You get some booziness. You yeah. actually feel a little bit of burn in your esophagus. It's kind of rum like in this in its sweetness. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's hoppy, but only enough to to make it so it's not a sweet. Bomb. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It doesn't have. It's not turning me off because it's a hoppy imperial stout. Yeah. Um, I also have another imperial stout in the fridge from Fatheads. I bought a four pack of their Shakedown stout because I want to try that. That's another hoppy American imperial stout. <clears throat> the uh, the more I drink, the more I notice the the characters that that turbinado is bringing to it. Right, it has a big molassesy, sugary. It almost uh, notes of cinnamon roll. So the turbinado sugar is that's that's the like brown sugar. Yeah, it's I mean not brown sugar, but it, the sh- it's. It's not it's white. Not yeah. white. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a, you know, it's from cane sugar. It has a fair amount of color to it. It has... I'm not an expert on sugar distillation, so I'm not sure. But yeah, it's, it's that more raw type sugar, which has more character to it. And uh, it kind of comes across like I'm tasting this and I'm like cinnamon rolls popping into my head, mm-hmm. right? There's a, just a variety of flavors that have that, that sweet bread, that glaze... You know, not so much cinnamon, but, you know, the things around right. it. Right. It's very viscous. With a good deal of carbonation, too. But made the mistake of uh, burning the roof of my mouth a day or two ago. And so uh, it's mm. it's hurting sometimes to drink some of these. Take one for the team, man. Yeah. Yeah, this is kind of what... I look for an imperial stout, something that has some warming to it. You drink, just sit back with the snifter, mm-hmm. enjoy it, not drink it in five or six minutes to get through the next beer on the show. But you know, got to do what we got to do. It's hard, <laughs> hard living. Yeah. We've decided to do. It, it really cuts the glass; like it adds a yeah. tint to the glass. It, it's pretty viscous. I wonder if we could use this in the cloud chamber. <laughs> Might not be cost effective. Mm-mm. It has a wonderful sort of aftertaste, just lingering, lingering notes of uh, of burnt chocolate and of, mm-hmm. uh, of char and a little bit of, of a little bit of soy and a little bit of molasses and uh, a little bit of tobacco and. All these lovely roasty notes, mm-hmm. all these things that 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 you can conjure up when you think about. Yeah, and it and the booziness is, is quite pleasant. You know, yes. I'm like sitting here, just just a wash in in it in it, and uh, yeah, that's good. <laughs> Thank you, Avery. Hmm. Oh, well, so while we're drinking this, I have an idea of what we should talk about. Do you really have the idea? Because I'm the one that turned up the, the slider to cue you to start the music. Okay, so break, destroy the illusion for everybody. 
You know what this song means. It means we're asking you for yeah, just a little tiny bit of help. Not much. We're not even asking you to sacrifice anything. That's the beautiful part. It's pretty easy. I mean, everyone shops on Amazon. Everyone. Everybody does. If you don't, you must live in a cave. Um, they don't deliver to caves, so there is well, no problem. They will soon. <laughs> With drones? Drones or, you know... Canoes, I don't know, but they'll deliver it soon. So when you do your Amazon shopping, they have this whole referral program that really works out well for us. And you just need to go to craftbeerradio.com slash Amazon. It redirects you over to Amazon. Our little referral link is tagged in there. Someone mentioned last week we should tell people to bookmark that. So after you do that and it takes you to Amazon, make a bookmark. And uh, then you can just use your bookmark to do your Amazon shopping. That works fine as well. Uh, anything you buy doesn't cost you a penny more, and we're attributed with the sale, and Amazon gives us a little bit of a kickback. really is that simple and uh, that easy. You're helping us out by not even spending anything beyond what you normally would have spent anyway. Right. And uh, if you want to review podcasts on iTunes, you should do that. You should think of us. Um, but we review every podcast you like. Us included, hopefully. Yes. But and give us everybody. honest ratings. Don't give us five stars. Give us honest ratings. Well, if you think we deserve five stars, I mean, come on. Don't give us five stars because we want five stars. <laughs> um, and if you're looking for website hosting, we got that Bluehost referral link on our site, right. too. And uh, that's nice as well when people use that. Uh, that's about it. Commercial time over. But I'm bumped. <clears throat> I didn't get any chance to really drink that during that whole commercial. Yeah, no, you talk too much. Oh well. Uh, was there any? There, there was a beer news thing, wasn't there? <sighs> well, we talked about the big one from Elysian, right? Yeah, we what talked about saying? that. Uh, oh, there was the there was the comment from Stowe from from Greg Cook, which uh, I thought. Taken out of context, kind of worse than it actually was. Uh, so someone was li- like live tweeting this yeah. hop conference, and Greg was talking about the new brewery in Berlin. Mm-hmm. So this was a quote, probably out of context. There was two of them. Uh, one was something along the lines of German beer is the Muzak of classical music. And then there was a tweet later on that kind of probably revised his statement which is German beer is classical music and we're going to make rock and roll. So, cuz the question was kind of like aren't you worried the Germans won't like your beer? See, you I know, in Berlin. I, I I took it when I only heard the first one or I only saw that first one that that um yeah, German beer is 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 music compared to what we make or whatever. Um and it sounds on the face of it pretty absurd, and especially somebody who knows about brewing should know that Germans make some fantastic beer. But what I got from looking at more in the context of what he was saying is he's talking about the big guys. He's talking, mm-hmm. like, if if you were to say um, Avery versus Budweiser, you know, it, it of course you would say that Budweiser is the music to, to Avery's classical, right? I mean, 
Sure. I mean, they're not even making the same stuff. But yeah. the other thing was, you know, like the question was, aren't you afraid that people in Berlin aren't going to like your beer? And his response was great. He's like, people in San Diego didn't like our beer when we opened the brewery either. So they'll come around. <laughs> but yeah, that, that, that's an example, I think, of uh, context matters for that quote. And so mm-hmm. I was not ready to, to jump on him for that. Even though I've jumped on him in the, in the past, I don't think that he's... <laughs> I don't think he's Brewery's number one spokesman. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Be a Brewery's number one spokesman. All right. Greg finally choked down the last that Mephistopheles. So our final beer of the night is brought to us by Albanac. Albanac Beer Company. They are in San Northern California. This is their Cognac Barrel Noir. This is very, very new. Yeah, yeah. So, Greg, Greg mentioned it. I was telling Greg about kind of how this came to be in our fridge. When I was out in San Jose in October, I was at the Good Karma Vegan Cafe, which was like the coolest, bet, like good beer, great people, you know, and um, had a great time there. But Chris from Almanac was there as well. So I introduced myself, talked him up. He said, yeah, let me, send me a, drop me a line. I'll send you some beers. And Almanac kind of has that reputation of being one of those those breweries that brews whales, I guess, is <laughs> what the bros are saying these days. Um, so, yeah, it was just, you know, met a good, good people at, at, at Good Karma Vegan Cafe and... Uh, so let's see, it's um, 10, 10% alcohol by volume, aged in large Rami Martin cognac ponchians, and it's part of their Farm to Barrel series, aged for over a year. I think a ponchian, is, if I remember right, and if only we had a tool like the internet to help us figure this out, I think it's like a barrel, but it's like... 80 gallons or something like that. I'm going to use this uh, this tool that I have in front of me. <laughs> no, that's, no, that's not it. Oh. Uh, a short post, especially one used for supporting the roof in a coal mine? <laughs> Probably not. Here we go. Uh, a large cast for liquids or other commodities holding from 72 to 120 gallons. It's old French. I was right in the middle there, yeah. pretty much. Yay. <laughs> but it's not a post hole. No, it's not holding up a mine. That'd be interesting. <laughs> you, you could age your beer in that. I don't know how well You'd drill a hole out the center. Yeah. Depends what kind of wood used, I guess. All right, so the aroma on this one. It's a third of a tune or ton. T-U-N. It, it smells a little bit like the... Uh, the old heathen from Weyerbacher, right? It has a bit of the Oreo cookie type smell to it. There's a little bit more. Let's see. Um, it has a big, like, little zing, like, from the CO2. Like, we've talked before about, you know, something that's very... Oh, so a ton. A, pie, a butt. Nice. It has all the different barrels. A little chart. It's on Wikipedia. If you do a search for T-U-N, uh, just search, actually the page is English Wine Cask Units, and you'll be able to see the 
the um, the order by which they go by the sort of Matreska doll mm-hmm. order one fits inside the other. Is there a hogshead in there? Uh, yes, there is. A hogshead is one quarter of a tune, while a puncheon is one third of a tune. Probably ton. But... Ton tune. And a barrel is one eighth. Oh, I, I wonder if there's. I wonder if there's like a Belgian Imperial Stout or something. I'm getting a little bit some esters on there that that smell a little bit like a, like a Troubadour obscure or obscure or something like that. See, to me, it's smelling more like cognac. Okay. Not that I've had a lot of cognac to compare it to, but. Mm-hmm. It's kind of giving off some of those, some of those aromas that actually remind me kind of of um, uh, the same item as uh, Utopias. Okay. Flavor definitely brings the barrel flavors. Mm. It gets, uh, it's not like bourbon or fresh American oak, but you definitely get a woody flavor, oaky flavor. Kind of goes into... Uh, a brandy or something like that. The roast comes in. Has a pretty dry, dry finish. Has a lot, a, a lot of the. Um, it's kind of accurate, right? It's a lot like the old heathen where, but even more so in the end where it finishes really dry. Top of my mouth feels like it's like... Yeah, like scraped off. Scraped off and... Uh, yeah, so, I mean, it does have not so much an estuary thing, but it does have a feel of some of those Belgian stouts, right? Where it has, I don't want to describe this, Higher, car- higher carbonation, you know, it's a big thick bottle, so right. it has a higher carbonation level. It it has a lower gravity. I mean, it feels like it has a lower final gravity. Silk screen. Yeah, it has a really neat, uh, really neat bottle. They have a they have a generic uh, silk screen bottle for the farm to farm to barrel, the almanac, all that stuff with a logo on one side, and then they put a little uh, wraparound label. Down at the bottom, which tells what beer it is when it was bottled, things like that. It's a neat. It's a neat package. You can turn this into a cup. Um, I could probably score that. Get it off. It's a pretty cool one to have. Yeah, I'll definitely try to take the top off that with the kinkachu. Someone uh, recently, if you're into bottle cutting, we've talked about that before. We did the review of the kinkachu in the post show. Probably two weeks ago, I talked about where someone purchased a different bottle cutter off of Amazon. Right. And I liked some of the design aspects of that one because with the Kinkachu, it can be difficult to not twist the bottle and have the score line up once you come back around to the starting point. And the one that was, uh, the one we mentioned in the post show, uh, had a design where you pushed the bottle against the base so it couldn't really twist and whatnot. I haven't used it, but I liked that particular aspect of it. So, if you're into bottle cutting, 
think about that. I can't remember the name off the top of my head. I want to say it's like a Davy or something like that, but that could be completely wrong. This is nice. It has nice, solid, you know, cocoa mm-hmm. flavors with, uh, you know, a boozy bit to it. It's not like ringing my bell and saying, this is ding, 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 fantastic, amazing. Mm-hmm. It's just it's just a really nice, well-put-together beer. Yeah. It's weird because, you know, sometimes not having a lot to say doesn't necessarily mean that we dislike it. Mm-hmm. But it also tends to mean when it's not, it's not knocking our socks off. Right, it's not... Yeah, I mean, the ones that, like, tell this progressive story, where every sip, it's something else to dig into and dig deeper and Mm. dig deeper. Those are the ones that make the best radio. And, you know, ones that don't do that, like, we struggle to make them not sound like they're disappointing Mm -hmm. because they're not making for that great descriptive, adjective-filled radio. Uh, But, you know, this is a good beer. It's, it's, It's really dry. I mean, if anything, that's... That's notable, right? Like, yes, like really dry, <laughs> very, very dry. It's a, it's a definite, like it's on the feature list of this. Whether you want to call it a feature or a bug, I don't know. <laughs> it depends on how on how you look at it. But uh, I would say it's the feature, and mm-hmm. and it's it's very dry. Yeah, it does carry some some nice cognac barrel type flavors through. I think that the fact that it's not in a barrel, that it's in a punch is a considerably larger, probably helps distribute the flavors a little bit, right? Because you're not, not as mean, much that, surface that's, area. That's right. Lower surface area to volume, right. right? You know, if you're doing aging, you typically would have to age it longer to get the same effect, right? So I always hear myself saying right all of a sudden. <laughs> I need to write that sign. Uh, I think it's time to get into the rankings. All right. Well, let me go first. Sure. That sounds good because I really don't have them nailed down yet. All right. Why don't you uh, write out mine as I talk through them? Okay. So I think that it sort of has to be last is the uh, New Holland Dragon's Milk because we kind of found like we felt like it was uh, there's something wrong with it. We weren't quite sure. Um, it wasn't extraordinarily obvious, but it was, you know, compared to the other ones. Mm-hmm. And there, there was another one that we thought, you know, the four hands we thought definitely had something wrong with it. But it, it kind of, I don't know whether it worked into it in its favor is is right, but it didn't it didn't hurt the beer. Mm-hmm. Whereas what was going on with the dragon's milk did hurt the beer, and that's that's a problem. But it was still enjoyable enough to not be, you know, we we weren't just. Um, grossed out by it mm-hmm. so consider that what you will I think probably there may be freshness issue who knows for number four I think we're going to have to put the bona fide while I was very uh, fascinated by it because of the flavors that were coming out of it doesn't fit in an imperial stout necessarily, mm-hmm. and I also think that it's the kind of thing that this is a one-bottle situation. There's probably no other bottle like this one. Yeah, you're probably right there. So, I don't know if you're ever going to taste quite what we tasted here. Oh, well. Next, it's a little tougher. 
I think I'm going to have to put the almanac. Uh, I think it's very, very nice. Um, I think that maybe the dryness is hurting in here. I don't know. It, the almanac Weyerbacher, they're both very, very good. They both have very, you know their their own high points and uh, not any real low point. I just felt like the almanac was. Um, the Wirebiker was a little bit more pleasing to me than the Almanac is. Still very good. And the Avery is... Wow. Avery's great beer. I'm going to line up with you exactly on this one. Uh, the New Holland, the flavor for me was perfectly acceptable. I could deep the flavor, but the dirty mop that was in the nose... Like, I had to like stop and say, don't smell this. Mm-hmm. And part of my drinking is sniff... Smell, breathe in, sip, breathe in over the, you know. And so having to, like, not breathe in and smell mm-hmm. that thing was a very difficult because my tasting process is muscle memory, right? right. It's all automated. Um, so because of whatever was causing the nose to go off in that one, it has to be in last place. Uh, I agree with you exactly for the same reason for the Bonafide being in fourth place. And that is, it had an oxidation note to it. And while it didn't ruin the beer, it didn't improve the beer. Right. So it had a flaw that was dragging it down. I would love to try this beer in different situations. I would love to try it fresh. I would love to try it properly aged for three years. Mm -hmm. And then the old heathen is in... No, no, the almanac is in third place. Uh, the dryness, the dryness, I think, really kind of hampered other exploration of this beer. Yes, it just true. drug it like through the barrel and out this ringer, which just dried it out. It was chalky. It seemed like maybe there was a bit of a Belgian yeast, low gravity, high carbonation thing going on there, but it was so dry that it was really hard to go into that beer and you know for an imperial wow what was that <laughs> um i don't even have the thing turned out how that oh you don't uh, have it plugged in anymore right. that's why um okay so yes it just seems like the, it was too dry for an imperial stout and it, it took away from what we were looking for uh in second place would be the wirebacher which was another dry stout, but it carried more flavors. You had more soy flavors. You had some more molasses flavors. It worked out pretty well. And then, yeah, the Avery was pretty much the only one that was in my wheelhouse. The one that was delicious. The one right. that was the... If you're looking for an Imperial Stout to make Jeff happy, it's some, and it's not only Avery. There's lots of them. But the Avery was the only one tonight that... It was in that category. Kind of knocked it out of the park compared to the other ones. Doing, you know, double compared to the other ones. But I mean, like, there's there's plenty of beers that aren't whales that are delicious in yeah. stouts. And and but the you know, if I drew a line, the only one on the good side of that line is the Avery tonight. I, I think they were all, I mean, good in their own way. Well, but that's what. But ones that I say, you know, the ones where Jeff approves, ting, that it's like. This is Use third person stout. and your weird ting yes. thing. That uh, you know, that's you know, tr- slogan, trademark, you know, that kind of thing. Um, 
Yeah, let's just start the music. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, but, yeah, there's a certain line, like, these are in my wheelhouse, and these are good sounds that are not in my wheelhouse. And, like I just said, the Avery's the only one that crossed that line tonight. So. That's a nice stereo to this one. Yeah. Thank you, everybody, for listening to Craft Beer Radio. Craft Beer Radio is released under the Creative Commons license. You can visit our website, craftbeerradio.com, for more information. Uh, beer at craftbeerradio.com is how you That's can... an email address yes. that, that you can use to email us. And if you want to hit us up on Twitter, it's at Jeff Bear. At CBR Gray. And that's really the best way to contact us. Uh, if you guys want to, you could nominate us. For a podcast award, Greg's making a horrible face. This will be the, laughing. Why? Why? This will be the only time I mention it. Why not? Who knows? If we get nominated, it's oh, stupid because you're gonna vote like once a day for ten days. It, it's it's idiotic. Don't bother, but, please. Okay, don't nominate us for a podcast award. Yes, don't nominate us for podcast award. Please don't. Please don't. <laughs> anyway, thank you. 